0: frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown american drink go to grown american superfood.com forward slash john and order today what makes a life a good one is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way (laughs) maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect defend and save what you believe in every single day So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. (laughs) Oh, where do we begin, friends? I'm sure you have thoughts. Our number tonight, as always, is 866-997-GRIT. We have one of the best experts in our regular rotation to talk about today's events and one of our most ferocious non-experts in our rotation to talk about today's events. Professor Corey Bretschneider of Brown University will be with us shortly. Uh, Business, business, uh, less than one month from now. Yes. Uh, One month from last night, we are going to be coming to Washington, D.C., the Stephanie Miller Sexy Liberal Save Democracy comedy tour. That's what this name's one is called. Save. Okay, we will be on the road doing only three dates and only one East Coast date. And that will be at the Harmon Center, Sidney Harmon Hall in Washington, D.C. on Saturday. The 10th of September. It's going to be the original lineup of the tour. Stephanie Miller, Hal Sparks, and me. Boy, just the three. I don't think the th- just the three of us have done a show together since 2013, maybe. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Go to sexyliberal.com for all the info on that. There are going to be some great special guests that I am not allowed by law. I wanted to reveal them, but it was explained to me. Uh, in an affidavit that it was classified, and I wasn't allowed to take that information beyond the sexy liberal home office. So uh, I did sneak it out. They subpoenaed me to get me to return it. I gave back some of the classified intel. The rest of it we'll have to reveal when Merrick Garland says we can. So hello to everybody listening, all of our live Evil Army of the Night, we look forward to your calls. We love hearing from you. Maybe you're someone who doesn't listen that often at night, but maybe you're listening tonight, or maybe you just want to get your voice in here sometime. 866-997-4748 is the number you dial to join the conversation. We are just like cable news, except we listen to you. We're live and interactive. And hello to all of our day walkers. Everyone listening. On SiriusXM On Demand, the SiriusXM app, the John Fiegelsang podcast. Love to all you guys. You're allowed to write us anytime at our Facebook page or my website or call us live yourself some evening if you're bored. We love to hear from all of you. I learned so much from the SiriusXM progress audience and not just the truckers. Uh, Are you ready? Are you really ready? Because this was another day. (laughs) I began the week thinking, oh, you know what? There's this Malcolm Gladwell thing where he came out and caused a lot of ripples by saying that people should return to the workplace. Uh, Remember this was on Sunday or last week? He was slamming the very thought of working from home saying, what have you reduced your life to? And, you know, I love when Malcolm Gladwell causes ripples in the pages of the New York Post. But it led to a good conversation, a good debate. You know, what is the future of work? And who gets to decide whether work has more valuable if it's done from home or done in the community of others? Well, I never got to that. Every night this week, I wanna have this as a call-in topic because it seems like a good conversation starter. But folks, there's Donald Trump's criminality. And every single day of this week, we're on number four, the OJ Bronco chase of presidencies has rolled over anything else I might have wanted to begin the show with. And today was no exception. We have a lot of ground to cover here. Uh, Trump and his allies were warning us. Any evidence you find at Mar-a-Lago, anything the feds find, that was planted by the FBI. He said his lawyers weren't allowed to observe the agents who were at the property. Turns out that's not true. Uh, Threats have come in to federal agents when the day began. And uh, again, keep this in mind. Donald Trump's property has security cameras everywhere. If anyone acted like a raid, if there were guns drawn, if anything was defiled or broken, if anything was planted, don't you think Mar-a-Lago security would have shown us all those pictures by now? With no evidence, Trump and his winged monkeys have been saying left and right the search warrant was purely politically motivated. And of course, many of our Commentator friends on the right have just been pushing all these conspiracy theories about the FBI, planning the evidence, etc., etc. Now, you think Donald Trump's got to do this, right? He's got to do this. Because gas prices just dipped under $4 for the first time in more than five months. And this is good news for struggling working people who are trying to play the never-ending American game of money, food, rent, pick two. Falling prices for gas, falling prices for airline tickets, prices of clothes are going down, prices of rental cars are going down. It's a bit of relief. Inflation's still really high, but the right wing doesn't want to talk about this. So they have been fundraising and screeching off of this raid that was actually a very orderly search. Historic, no doubt, but nothing like what we've heard. And then this morning, things began to change. Now, strap yourselves in. This is just What's happened since I woke up today, this could all change by the time we're done with tonight's show. But we found out this morning that Trump had actually received a subpoena months ago, looking for documents that the federal investigators believed he hadn't turned over earlier this year when he returned all the boxes of material he improperly took from the White House. It turns out he didn't return everything and we didn't know what it was. And we have said this every night on the show. Look, we're we're not responsible people, folks, but we have to pretend to be. Right. There's real journalists work over here. So we got to pretend to be responsible. And so we've said all along, we don't know what they were looking for. Uh, More on that in a second. The subpoena having been sent in the spring suggests the DOJ was trying everything they could do short of a search warrant to find what they were looking for before they had to actually push the button and send FBI agents to Mar-a-Lago. Two people that were briefed on the classified documents um, that the investigators believed remained in Mar-a-Lago, according to the Times, indicated they were so sensitive in nature, so related to national security, that the DOJ just had to do something. That's how the day began. I was making my morning smoothie thinking, well, what what could it have been that was so related to national security? But then they moved on. By lunchtime, friends, we learned that Trump, in his four-hour deposition with His lawyers for New York Attorney General Letitia James that he invoked the Fifth Amendment more than 440 times over four hours. That's I went to public school. My math's not great, but I think that's more than 100 times an hour. The only question out of over 400 that Trump answered was his name. So throughout the day, we keep hearing and seeing Donald Trump's allies pounding the DOJ for the search warrant, whipping their followers into a frothy rage. And of course, the fact that they know the DOJ is going to be tight-lipped and not say anything means they can make up their own version of what happened. So all day long, they had a rallying cry. And by the time I got to my mid-afternoon coffee, you were hearing it, release the warrant, release the warrant. A lot of us were saying clowns. Uh, Donald Trump has the warrant. So do his lawyers. They could just put that on the internet. We'd all know. But As we've said every night, Donald Trump doesn't not want you to know what this search was carried out for. So then Attorney General Merrick Garland went on live TV this afternoon. Now, I I thought this was it. I thought, oh, here's the big story of the day. I was going to the dentist and I'm sitting there waiting. I'm like, oh, well, this is what we'll talk about tonight at the top of the show. And there's a lot to talk about. He only spoke for four minutes, but it was an explosive, explosive appearance. He went on stage with no notes to announce the DOJ is now trying to unseal parts of the search warrant so everyone can know why they did it. Here it is. We're going to give you the press conference in three easy pieces. First order of business Attorney General Garland explains where the buck stops.
1: First, I personally approve the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. Second, The Department does not take such a decision lightly. Where possible, it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search and to narrowly scope any search that is undertaken. Third, let me address recent unfounded attacks on the professionalism of the FBI and Justice Department agents and prosecutors. I will not stand by silently when their integrity is unfairly attacked. The men and women of the FBI and the Justice Department are dedicated patriotic public servants. Every day they protect the American people from violent crime, terrorism, and other threats to their safety while safeguarding our civil rights. They do so at great personal sacrifice and risk to themselves. I am honored work alongside
0: them now these comments today were the first ever public acknowledgement that the department of justice is investigating a former president for his handling of classified records and again this came just a couple hours after we got the report this morning that we thought was going to be the big news story of the day that trump had received and apparently ignored a subpoena in the spring now we still didn't know why merrick garland why, FBI Director Ray were so tight-lipped about you know, what was it? What was it exactly that led the FBI to actually do this? It's so unprecedented in an era when everything's called unprecedented. Here's more of Attorney General Garland uh, discussing how we are going to work to release the search warrant because Donald Trump doesn't feel like clearing things up on their own, and we're tired of the bullshit. Just
1: now, the Justice Department has filed a motion in the Southern District of Florida to unseal a search warrant and property receipt relating to a court-approved search that the FBI conducted earlier this week. That search was of premises located in Florida belonging to the former president. The department did not make any public statements on the day of the search. The former president publicly confirmed the search that evening, as is his right. Copies of both the warrant and the FBI property receipt Were provided on the day of the search to the former president's counsel who was on site during the search the search warrant was authorized by a federal court upon the required finding of probable cause the property receipt is a document that federal law requires law enforcement agents to leave with the property owner the department filed the motion to make public the warrant and receipt In light of the former president's public confirmation of the search, Uh the surrounding circumstances and the substantial public interest in
0: this matter. He did say where possible, it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means. And as you heard, Attorney General Garland defended the FBI and the agents against this really violent rhetoric from the right. Garland didn't take any questions today. Now, do remember one thing. It was always Illegal to mishandle classified documents. But in 2018, Donald Trump, as president, made it a felony to mishandle classified documents. And again, at this point, we still had no details as to why the DOJ and FBI felt it was so urgent to search, trying to not say raid, Mar a Lago. Right? So here's one more. This is Merrick Garland. This is the end. You will have heard the entire press conference. It was very brief, promising. His DOJ applies the law fairly to all, regardless of bleach orange skin tone and nonstop pension for lying.
1: Faithful adherence to the rule of law is the bedrock principle of the Justice Department and of our democracy. Upholding the rule of law means applying the law evenly, without fear or favor. Under my watch, that is precisely what the Justice Department is doing. All Americans are t- entitled to the even-handed application of the law, to due process of the law, and to the presumption of innocence. Much of our work is by necessity conducted out of the public eye. We do that to protect the constitutional rights of all Americans and to protect the integrity of our investigations. Federal law, long-standing department rules, And our ethical obligations prevent me from providing further details as to the basis of the search at this time.
0: Because he can't, because the attorney general doesn't get to go talk shit on social media to get the likes, to get the donations. This was fascinating to see. I mean, you've had the outraged Trump supporters all week saying, release the warrant, release the warrant. So today, Merrick Garland called their bluff and said, "Okay." now the ball's in Trump's court. He moved to unseal the search warrant used in the search of Mar-a-Lago. And he said he personally approved the decision to execute this warrant. Now, this was a really effective job to me of calmly, non-confrontationally, standing up to Trump and his cohort of Republicans who can't stop lying. And their lies are now threatening the lives of FBI agents. But we'll get to that in a second. And wanting to unseal the warrant, which will lay out all the probable cause, smart move. I mean, at the end of the day, you know what it's about. Trump took stuff he wasn't allowed to take. It was classified. He stole it. He didn't give it back. They asked. He sent some of it back, not all of it. They sent a subpoena. He ignored it. They did everything respectfully to get him to give back what wasn't his. So they went to get the stuff. And who was the source? Here's Mick Mulvaney, of all people on CNN, weighing in on who the source could possibly be. Who was it on the inside that told the feds right where to go and what it was they were looking for.
1: Do you think that person in Trump's orbit would have had to be to know these details about where these documents were?
0: Uh,
2: Really. That's a good question. Really close. I didn't even know there was a safe at uh, Mar-a-Lago and I was the chief of staff for 15 months. So this would be someone who was handling uh, things on day to day, who knew where documents were. So it would be somebody very close inside the president. My guess is there's probably six or eight people who had that kind of information. I don't know the people on the inside circle these days, so I can't give any names of folks who come to mind. But your your instinct, I think, is a good one, is that if you know where the safe is and you know the
0: documents are in 10 boxes in the basement, um, you are pretty close to the president. Okay, so that's Mick Mulvaney. Now, I mean, obviously, a lot of people are saying maybe it was Jared, maybe it was the Secret Service. Think about it. Secret Service officers who are loyal to the Constitution over Trump, who might have read about the deleted texts, want to help uphold the law. As of now, reports are that Trump's legal team is trying to stop the warrant from being unsealed. I heard that and I'm like, what could possibly be there? (sighs) We know now. But before we get there, I want you to consider one more factor. And how historic this was. And it's the background from Eric Garland's speech because while he was speaking today, police in Ohio were engaged in a standoff with an armed Trump supporter who allegedly tried to storm the Cincinnati office of the FBI. Clad in body armor, tried to breach their Cincinnati office. They tried negotiating with him. There was an hours-long standoff at a rural part of Ohio. And eventually the suspect raised a gun at authorities and was fatally shot did you have that on your bingo game for today a trump supporter committing suicide by cop because trump stole documents and they're mad that the government wants their documents back and what could these documents be by the way the assailants alleged assailants name has been identified as ricky walter schiffer he was at the capitol on january 6th He has a Truth Social account, at least his name does, uh, where he was announcing his intentions, allegedly. People, this is it, the message said. Leave work tomorrow as soon as the gun shop, army, navy store, pawn shop opens. Get whatever you need to be ready for combat. We must not tolerate this one. They have been conditioning us to accept tyranny and think we can't do anything for two years. This time we must respond with force. It's a cult. Trump responded to Garland's speech by... uh, saying that the FBI agents left Melania Trump's closet a mess. That's what he did. He, he, he said, Mar-a-Lago was raided 6.30 in the morning by very large numbers of agents and even safe crackers. They got way ahead of themselves. Just learned agents went through the first lady's closets and rummaged through her clothing and personal items. Surprisingly, left area in a relative mess. Wow. So that's enough for one day, right? But no. No, friends, if you haven't heard by now, Just a little over an hour ago, the Washington Post broke it. What was in the documents? What has this been about ever since Monday morning? What has been driving it? What could possibly be worth all of this ink? Classified documents relating to nuclear weapons were among the items FBI agents sought in a search of Trump's Florida residence, according with people familiar with the investigation. Classified documents relating to nuclear weapons. We don't know. What kind of documents? We don't know which country's nuclear weapons. Are they ours? Are they documents pertaining to Israel's nuclear weapons? Other countries? Experts in classified intel say this search shows the deep concern among government officials about the types of information they thought could be in Mar-a-Lago. In other words, the types of information that could be in danger of falling into the wrong hands. Now, you guys don't listen to Breitbart Channel. You're smart. But, you know, that material about nuclear weapons is very sensitive and is always restricted to a very small number of government officials publicizing details about our weapons or Israel's weapons or another country's weapons could help adversaries that are trying to counter those systems. I mean, if Trump had classified documents relating to nukes, will all these Republicans shoot their mouth off all week? Will they apologize Will they take it back? Will they admit maybe they jumped to conclusions? Will they face any consequences at all? I'm looking forward to Fox News explaining why Trump was totally legit and taking classified docs about nukes to his Florida place and leaving him in the basement. Guys, here's my question, and help me out with this. There's a lot of hypotheticals. Who, Who could it? Was it for Russia? Was it for the Saudis? Why did they give Jared $2 billion? If you took nuclear documents... By accident, you'd give them back, right? If you didn't, if you really stole them, what other reason could you steal them for than to sell them or because you're doing it at somebody else's behest? By 3 o'clock tomorrow, a federal judge in Florida will have the answer on whether Trump gets to have his request approved to not unseal parts of the search warrant executed at Mar-a-Lago. But Garland made it clear it was Trump's decision, not DOJ's, to make this public. So I guess the only question left is the FBI and DOJ let nuclear documents sit in Donald Trump's basement for a year and a half. What the hell is that about?
3: CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive. And start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax. The way car buying should be.
4: (sighs) The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana.
0: Okay, I am so glad. Of all the days for this day's news dump to be, it was a Thursday. We are thrilled to be joined by Professor Corey Bretschneider who is a teacher in the political science department at Brown University. He has written great analyses on your politics in Time magazine, the New York Times Politico. His book, The Oath and the Office, A Guide to the Constitution for Future Presidents, is essential to anyone who wants to know how this country works, or at least is supposed to, and pick up his Penguin Liberty series books on free speech, impeachment, and Ruth Bader Ginsburg's notable cases. What a day. Professor Bretschneider! welcome back.
5: Hi, John. Uh, Yeah. I don't know what to say. Every I mean, week I feel like it gets wilder. and uh, I,
0: I keep know, thinking, like, there's so much to go through in this week, but just yeah. so much to go through today alone. And, of course, right. exactly. if you're just tuning in, we're talking about Jersey Shore Family Vacation airing on MTV <laughs> this week. I mean, so many... So many Jersey Shore cast members, old and new. The return um, of Snooki,
5: right? Isn't that
0: Oh, the Snooki, Snooki's back, but like now she's older and wiser, and she's learned how to play the game. Uh, Pauly D has become a successful DJ. It's so exciting. Saying no, um, <laughs> Corey, <laughs> I don't. I mean, I just began the show by saying when I woke up this morning, I saw a New York Times headline that said, "Oh, they had given Trump a subpoena back in the spring." To get these documents because he took the stuff they asked for it he gave back some of it but not all of it they were trying every legal means possible to avoid this and i thought there won't be a bigger story than that all day then, (laughs) then we learned 44 440 times taking the fifth yesterday i mean what did you think when you first, let's go back to Monday, because between, <laughs> from, 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 from search to nukes, there's a lot to cover here. And right. let me begin by asking, Professor, do you prefer the term raid or do you prefer the term warrant search? Because I think that's a very interesting dividing yeah. line.
5: Well, I think what I like about the second is that, it, you know, it emphasizes that this isn't some violent, you know, act that's unusual. when the police have probable cause. They go to a judge. Um, FBI is the same And uh, there's a process for getting Documents that that are essential To proving a possible crime And that happens all the time And it happened here And you know now Garland The most recent news looks like he's asking For the uh, warrant to be unsealed So we'll learn more about it We know that it was important The breaking stuff about It being related to the Nuclear security suggests that Of course this was an urgent matter. But somehow that I don't know if it got lost in the reporting or the Trump spin, but that this is some unusual act. And even raid, you know, maybe makes it sound more unusual than it is. It's you know, this is a legal process uh, carried out under uh, the supervision of a court. uh, Okay, but but, but professor,
0: but professor, it's it's also it's all. But I I get that. But there's no way to overstate how historic This is. I mean, it's a former president and the FBI had two dozen agents show up at his house with a warrant and they did it in the off season when nobody would be there to try and make it as quiet like as possible. I I mean, for all the hype, I I do think it's warranted. There's just I mean, we've never had that happen. And 24 hours later, we've never had a president take the fifth 400 times in a deposition before. And that's just the first two days of the week.
5: Right. I mean, I guess what I'm reacting to is the sort of characterization on the right that this is somehow or by Trump himself, that this is equivalent to the Watergate break-in or that this is somehow a politicization of the DOJ and some sort of reckless act. Uh, What it is is normal legal process applied in an extraordinary way to the president of the United States. Now, it's not the first time that a subpoena has been served on uh, a, a president or even a former president and, of course, the sitting president. Richard Nixon received subpoena for evidence that was enforced by the Supreme Court. So there is precedent for it. But what's extraordinary is uh, that it looks like it is part of a criminal investigation of the president. And, uh, you know, to my mind, I guess I'm trying to reassure people that this is part of normal process. But what it really shows is that what Garland is not doing is backing off and acting like some sort of, um, you know, overly reticent person reluctant to get involved in politics because of fear that this is somebody who might run for president again and held the office before. But what, it, what it's showing to me is, you know, it's quite simple. It's that idea that no person is so high that they are above the law. And Trump is included in that. You know, nothing about the fact that he was a former president or might run again should, Insulate him from being treated as anyone else. Now, what's extraordinary is the, the crimes that he has been credibly suspected of committing. And I, I think, though, the real shocker would have been if they didn't go in, if they didn't show the kind of aggressive but legal process that they are showing. That that would really be sending the opposite message to the to the obvious one that should be sent—that a president is above the law. I would suggest that you know the, the we fear so much his supporters reacting violently, as uh, some of them already look like they are, uh, that, that we're not going to enforce the law and, and that would be the tragedy. That's the threat
0: to yeah. the law. But but also, you know, for all the talk about how aggressive this is, I mean, if these were urgently needed nuclear documents, they did wait 18 months Yeah, and they <laughs> a they one. had a, a formal request to get everything back. They didn't get everything back. They had a secret subpoena still didn't happen. It seems like mm-hmm. it took a lot of nudging before they finally just pushed the button and sent the agents in.
5: They wouldn't have done it unless there was some threat to either national security or possibly the investigation itself I mean if there's evidence that you know there are various criminal investigations it looks like going on of Trump some of them regarded regarding the handling of documents more fundamentally related to January 6th um, there are of course criminal investigations going even further back related to obstruction of justice so if he's destroying documents that are related really to any of those investigations then, you know, the, and there's probable cause that, that the material is there and that it might be destroyed, then that's what a judge needs to allow them yeah. to go on. In now, realistically, a judge isn't going to treat this as any other person. There's a higher burden than just probable cause. It's, you know, you really want to be sure if you're sending an authorization for the FBI to go into a former president's yeah. home. And uh, so it must have been just, something that when the judge saw it, uh, it, was, it was overwhelming. So, uh, Well, based, based on the Washington the
0: Post this all. evening, clearly, yes, yep. uh, I, I would agree. Now, this is the part of the conversation, Professor, where I've got to remind our listeners that we're not talking about the case in uh, in, in, in Georgia where Lindsey Graham blew up a subpoena yesterday. We're not talking about the Summer Reservos lawsuit or the E. Carroll lawsuit. We're not talking about the case in New York where he took the Fifth Amendment 440 times in four hours. And we're probably not even talking about January 6th here, right? This is a completely different, brand new, holy shit scandal.
5: I, you know, I'm not sure. (laughs) I think that that, that seems right, that it's certainly an independent investigation about mishandling of documents and when the post reported t- tonight that, that this is related to the nuclear arsenal or to nuclear power i also think you know just putting together lots of other reporting it's a combination of the fact that he has this stuff and that it's so not secured <laughs> that he's not being careful about it and who the hell knows who's walking around mar-a-lago it's you know all sorts of foreign espionage and spies he's just such a perfect target so there must have been a sense that this material was um was what threatening the security of the united states not just that it was being mishandled so i think that's part of why you're right to say this is an independent scandal now what else is there i mean that's what i want to know what's in the safe for instance? One possibility is that there are things that relate to January 6th that he's trying to hide. Uh, so I don't know that, that, you know, the that it's just about this. It, it might have some, and I'm speculating, of course, but it might be some of the stuff and these boxes and boxes of material that are trying to shield him from
6: right. uh,
5: culpability. And, uh, wow, you know, the other reason why I, I don't think it's just speculation is this is a president who, in, in clear daylight, obstructed justice uh, in the Mueller investigation by firing Comey, by trying to have um, uh, Corey Lewandowski and also uh, his um, counsel fire Mueller. Remember those? Of course.
0: Of the Mueller report. And uh, oh yes, and he, I, I actually he, read the second part of the Mueller report. Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah exactly. And we discussed it at length. So that—that's who this is. You know, it's Mr. Obstruction of Justice, and if he's doing it. Uh, again, in the midst of this shit show that also involves mishandling government secrets, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was part of what's what's in this material too.
0: And obviously, because this is now a felony to remove classified documents, Donald Trump bumped it up to a felony in 2018. This would prevent him from legally being able to seek elective office again.
5: It's a fascinating part of this. You know, if you commit murder, you can still run for president even if you're convicted. Uh, But if you are found guilty, at least according to the statute of mishandling these documents, absolutely, the way that this uh, statute is written, you are disqualified from holding future office. And it looks like the statute would say that if Garland convicted him that he couldn't run again. Now, he would challenge that, of course. And there is a very interesting and unfolding constitutional argument I'm not frankly sure how it would play out. I think with this Supreme Court, there's a very good chance that they they would say is that, yes, the federal law would ban him from running for office, but the Constitution only creates basically two requirements to run for president. One is that you have to be 35, Mm -hmm. and the other is that you have to uh, be a natural-born citizen. And so what this statute is doing is adding a third requirement, not being guilty of um, mishandling government documents, and you can't do that. You need an amendment for that. And I, as the, you know, as much as I want to see him disqualified from office, and I think it's worth a try, I think there's a very good chance the Supreme Court would strike down that part of the statute and clear the way. Yeah, I think they would to too.
0: And I and I do want to see him run for office myself. Uh, I I just want to see him stay in the game long enough to ruin Ron DeSantis. That's just my personal wish list there, uh, based on my conversations with God. Uh, yeah. Professor,
5: I <laughs> hope you're right.
0: You know, I mean, that I, scares I, I,
5: me. I got to say, John, on that one, you know, we've talked about this, but I just think the risk, the Republic, um, that I don't see at least now from DeSantis, but I definitely see from Trump. I mean, don't get me wrong. DeSantis frightens me in all sorts of ways. But the, the recklessness, the the outright desire for a self-coup to remain in power forever, the shameless, you know, attempt to be another Putin, to institute yeah. Russian-style kleptocracy. I don't want to take the risk, even if it's 1%, that he could win. I also don't want to see him spread his viciousness through more of the country than he already has and any platform mm. that gives him the ability to do that. So Yeah,
0: that's why I want to see him wither on the vine and shrivel up <laughs> and become further discredited the longer he stays in public until there's such a stank on him, his own supporters pretend they were never there. Like they are with Bush and Cheney now. No one will ever admit how rabidly loyal they were to Bush and Cheney. They're all quiet about yeah. it. And that'll happen. Yeah. Believe me, you know this Corey within ten years half of these white supremacists will deny they ever even they'll all say they voted for Gary Johnson. And You know how they do it. Um, But Professor, just as this shows that a lot of Trump's defenders were very premature in defending him so blindly this week, does this also show that folks on the left uh, may have had some unfounded fears about Merrick Garland? Clearly, homeboys in the game.
5: Look, you know, I think even last week I was expressing my concern that uh, there is an attitude in the in the Department of Justice, you know, I still am concerned about this, and, and then I'll, I'll, I'll push back against myself, but that is overly reticent. Uh, there's, you know, part of the Department of Justice's policy involves the idea that they're not supposed to have influence on elections, and they're not supposed to have a partisan impact, and that's led some of them, I think, internally, I, I heard on um, York Times interviewed, for instance, with a former Mueller investigator to take the position that, you know, we should be really careful about moving forward with this and it explains some of the slowness of the investigation. That would be a huge mistake because I think it would put this, you know, fine, admittedly important worry about not having a partisan influence above the future of the Republic. But what I'm seeing from Garland now is really the opposite of that. It's the appropriate, aggressive action that we need. Now, as you said, you know, in the beginning, this looks like it's about documents. that could have nothing to do with January 6th. And if that's true, then I'll go back to what I said before, because we need aggression in investigating and appropriately aggressive action, I should say legal action in, ingre- in investigating not just this serious mishandling of the documents, but of the big thing that this guy tried to stoke and, and put together yeah. an insurrection.
0: Oh. So <laughs> I guess then um, this is the moment where I want to deviate for just a moment, Professor, and ask if you have sure. any thoughts on a president taking the fifth 400 plus times in one single sitting.
5: Well, you know, if it was anyone else, I would say, look, people do this all the time. So you're right to take the fifth. You shouldn't read into it. But what he said repeatedly and publicly was people who take the fifth are guilty <laughs> So if he's told us that it's his view, you shouldn't take the fifth unless you're guilty, I think, wow, that really tells me something about what's going on here. And I think for a normal person, you can't really read into it. But for him, we sure as hell can.
0: I mean, my God, he had to delay the deposition a month because of his ex-wife's death. And then he still said nothing. So thoughts and prayers. Um, Now, now, let's just talk really quickly about, you know, it seems that they are bringing they're either bringing a criminal case against Trump or they just wanted their documents back. And this was just them punching the bully and the bully's going to back down now. I mean, I said on the show earlier this week that if they downloaded Donald Trump's hard drives in Mar-a-Lago, They probably got as much compromise on him as Vladimir Putin probably has on him. So it it seems like either nothing's going to happen and this is the end of it and they got what they wanted back or they will bring a criminal case against him. And, you know, this means we have to look at the Mueller report a bit differently, don't we? Because Mueller made it very clear that it would have been appropriate to indict Trump once he left office.
5: Yeah, I mean, the way I see things. Is once you go for him, and it looks like they are. And that's my read on this situation. That he's—it's mishan- not just mishandling documents. He had a couple of boxes he didn't return. There's something really serious that's in this uh, stuff that they're trying to unseal now. Uh, that suggests to me that they are going to prosecute him, or that they're they're going to move forward with a possible indictment. And once you do that, the idea that you wouldn't also move forward with these other issues because you are worried about uh, the only excuse, this partisan impact, you're already going to have the partisan impact. So that is off the table. Now the question is solely what did he do? What is he guilty of? And Mm -hmm. in addition to the documents, in addition to January 6th, I think absolutely we've got to return to the evidence that's there, that in part two of the Mueller report, they showed painstakingly that he was guilty of obstruction of justice. Now, there's a book that's come out from uh, one of the members of that team with an instruction manual about how to read part two. And what it says is, look, when we exonerated him, we exonerated him explicitly. When we didn't exonerate him, when we gave the evidence of his guilt, we meant to say he's guilty. Now, you'll remember, (laughs) listeners will remember, that he wasn't indicted at the time only because he was president. And the Department of Justice has a, in my mind, misguided policy of not indicting sitting presidents. He's not a sitting president. So that's off the table. So there seem to me to be really three areas for indictments, January 6th, documents, and also part two of the Mueller report.
0: Where do we go next, Professor? What do you do you hazard a prediction?
5: Look, you know, I've been saying for now it's years, John, that we've been talking that we've got to know it was a mistake to not prosecute Nixon. And this time we've got to correct it. And that seems a far fetched idea, uh, I'll admit, when I started saying that years ago. And now I think (laughs) it's more likely than not. We might really see it. And what a moment, you know, what what a. What a thing for us to be writing and talking about, um, and what a vindication, I think, of the idea that no person is above the law and that uh, your wealth doesn't insulate you if you commit crimes, and your power mm-hmm. doesn't insulate you. That's what we've got to do. Let's hope that Garland sees that. I'm glad, by the way, that he is getting public pressure on uh, from people in the legal profession, from journalists, from uh, radio shows like this one to, to, to move forward. Let's do it, Garland.
0: This is right on. absolutely Oh, and By the way, this just coming in, I thought there'd be no more news today. Washington Post reports Trump's lawyers are now telling Merrick Garland that Trump only thought he was taking the White House's lunch codes. Only the lunch codes, not the launch <laughs> codes. So to me, that's perfectly vindicates him, and it's a witch hunt. Professor, what's the best way for our listeners to follow you and keep up with your work? love it. Uh,
5: CoreyBrettschneider.com on the Twitter at C and uh, here every week uh, talking to you, John.
0: I can only imagine what the landscape will look like seven days from today. Thank you, Corey. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with your calls. Open phones for the rest of the show till midnight on the East Coast, 9 p.m. on the West, 866-997-4748.
3: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole?
0: This is SiriusXM Progress. Charles in Miami, thanks for being so patient on hold. Welcome. How you doing, Charles? Oh, we got a snorer. Do we have him, Chris? There he yep. One. This happens with Charles sometimes, and we have to go through this awful, you know, moral quandary. Do, do we have fun with this? Like we're a morning Zeus show, or do we tastefully move on? Right. Charles! Charles, wake up! Yeah, hello? Hi, Charles. We get you at a good time? <laughs> hello. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, I was stuck in
6: a twilight zone. Listen oh. to Fox all day.
0: Oh my. You okay from that? Thoughts and prayers?
6: Well, I'm coming back to the light.
0: <laughs> okay.
6: Uh, but... I think tonight, um, in the beginning of uh, Hannity, and I've been hearing it throughout the day as well. But you have uh, Pam Bondi come on there.
0: Pam and Bondi. I think she was okay. once the AG from from my state of Florida. In Florida, yes, very famously, she dropped uh, the Trump University investigation after she got a substantial donation. Go ahead.
6: Exactly. Well, she was saying that um, how could um, um I guess um, the, the FBI, the federal government. Running to Mar-a-Lago with guns blazing, and which I know wasn't true, but I just wanted to remind her earlier. I think it was this year that Ron DeSantis, her governor, actually did the same thing. He had guns blazing. They served a, a search warrant. I think it was onto that lady's house that once worked for DeSantis. Right. Connecting the COVID numbers. Yeah. And because he wasn't really being, you know, factual what what he wanted to present to the public. She went off on her own, and she started getting her own numbers. Well, she had kids in the house, and the police went in there, or whoever, Ryan DeSantis sent to her home with guns all out, and it was a big thing because, you know, they had kids upstairs, and the police. Yeah, and she sued the state,
0: by the way. She has sued the state. This is Rebecca Jones you're talking about, and the police raided her home. home, and she got fired because she would not change coronavirus numbers. It's going to be really nice to see her become famous after the midterms.
6: I just want the people to know that's enough. everything that these Republicans protect, um, you know, we're abusing the government and, you know, that's um, good point.
0: But, Can't forget. Um, Her name is Rebecca, lady. Rebecca Jones. Charles, thank you so much for bringing that up. I hope you have a great evening. Really good to hear from you. Take care. Right, be well, sleep well. We'll be right back with your calls. We are at 866-997-GRIT. And we're just getting warmed up here. Open phones for the next hour on Sirius XM. Let's go to the phones because some of y'all have been very patient on hold for a very long time. David in Nevada, thank you.
7: Hey, brother John, how are you doing? Hello. How are you? Great. Well, look, John, your
5: last caller almost hit it on the head.
7: Let's see. Trump. Trump owes like what $1.5, $1.6 dollars in, in debt. There in are those who say
0: it's two. Money? There are those who there are those who say it's two billion to Deutsche Bank that he has in debt. But go ahead.
7: Right. And, and, you know, when we look at this, people need to really just sit back and look. You broke it down the other night. You know, mm, how many lawsuits? 3,000? This yeah. man is nothing but a crook. Yeah. But uh, when, when people sit up here, and, and like you said, it's not a movement. It's a cult. Correct. And and when you can set up and and Donald Trump told him, that's why I love the uneducated, because you're so fucking stupid. I can piss down your back and you you will believe it's a (laughs) thunderstorm.
0: Yes. But let's not forget, we're still fighting for those shitty undereducated people. We still want them to not get killed by an AR-15. We want them to have health care. We don't want them to get suckered by, you know, billionaire con men, reality stars. We are still fighting for them, even if they hate us.
7: Yeah, and, and the media don't say it, you know, Brother John, um, isn't this the first time in American history that the FBI and the DOJ uh, uh, basically put a search warrant, served a search warrant on a former president? Yeah. I, yeah, I I I went back in history, and I'm looking, and I'm like, hmm, now we know we have some crooks. They didn't even do that to Nixon. He gave up the tapes willingly. He did. Oh, you mean these audio cassettes? Ah, here, take them. Donald Trump? We don't know what else. And I'm just wondering who in his inner circle was finally fed up with his bullshit.
0: That's the question. Or... Again, was it a Secret Service agent who knew it was there? That's, that could be the difference. But, I mean, it's totally different from Nixon. In Watergate, what was it? It was private citizens breaking into the other party's campaign headquarters and stealing things. None of that is happening here. That was burglars hired by Nixon's campaign committee committing a crime. What we saw on Monday was FBI agents authorized by a federal judge investigating a crime committed by someone who was a president. It is light years beyond Watergate.
7: Exactly. And one last thing, because I know you got a ton of callers just like you've been holding, but John, you're worth the fucking hold, dude. We'll hold to be on your show because you dropped so many jewels of knowledge. One last thing I'll I'll just go ahead and throw out here. Uh, You know, a lot of people, y'all better get hip. Down ballot vote. If I'm running for office, I can prom I can't promise to tell you shit unless or give you what you need unless you give me the people who think like I do in your state legislation, on your county commissions, your city commissions, your even at the federal level. So it's no need for anyone to run for office and tell people I'm gonna do this and that. No. What you need to do is say you need to elect human beings who think like we are thinking right now. For the betterment of all mankind.
0: I agree, man. Because we have the
7: wealth that we ain't supposed to have no homeless. There is not supposed to be a health issue in America. You Mm -hmm. know, uh, uh, there is not supposed to be an education that we're ranked 48th to 51st in the world in STEM and STEAM. This is not that. This is not it. (laughs) You know, this is not the America of, of that people should be wanting and then when you get a fool who runs to an ohio building all right for my leader donald for my as i should say for me fuhrer i'm willing to give my life okay donald trump's still walking around and he's not going to get your family one plug nickel for your funeral
0: but you know but you know when trump goes down in flames they're all going to cut him loose too they used to be so blindly obedient, savagely loyal to Bush and Cheney. And then Trump told them they can stop and no one defends Bush and Cheney anymore. Believe me, if Donald Trump was photographed wearing a Black Lives Matter T-shirt, he would lose half of these people. And you know it. Believe me, yes. there used to be people defending Nixon. There aren't anymore. There used to be people defending Bush savagely. There aren't anymore. It's a cult and it's an ever shifting cult that needs new leadership. To worship that's how it works and donald trump is blowing it for the party and the party knows it the voters on their gop side haven't totally figured it out yet thank you so much for the call david it's a pleasure to hear from you